Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very Christmassy episode of the Fresh Brains Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Scott. And I'm Brian. Brian, back from the uh, from, from the dead once again. <laughs> yeah, return of the return of the missing Brian. That's right. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, we had a couple of weeks off there. Um, two weeks ago, basically just life got in the way for, for both of us. And then uh, last week, we, we had a scheduling conflict, so Brian wasn't able to make it. But um, I, I, I guess if you really missed our voice and you, you want a double dose, um, I suggest everybody go head over to the Midnight Drive-In. Uh, that's another podcast that if you've been listening to this show, you you know that we're friends of the three hosts over there, Brian, Doug, and Noah. Uh, but Brian and I were both guests on their most recent episode, which actually just went up well, at the time of recording today. Um, but yeah, we recorded a, a Christmas episode and you got to hear uh, our take on, well, you got to hear my take on Violent Night and Christmas Bloody Christmas. Brian, you sat out on those because you didn't want them spoiled. Uh, so we made fun of you during that time instead. And then... <laughs> Oh, great. And then when, uh, for you know, for the second half, you were there and we had a, a fun little episode where we each, pro- uh, what do you, what's the word proposed a Christmas horror movie plot and then let people vote on which they thought was the best. So yeah, mine was, yeah, if best. you, if you, you go vote for it. Right. Right. So yeah, if you missed our, um, docile tones and want to hear even more Scott and Brian head over there, you can get a, a double dose for your, Christmas pleasure. Yeah. No, it's fun. Great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check it out, guys. Yeah. If you've been listening to this from the beginning, then you've you've heard um, two of the three other hosts from that show already. Noah's been on here a couple of times, and Brian Wolford was on uh, last episode, I believe. So, um, yeah, good guys over there. Um, so, yeah, recommend checking it out. But that is not what we're doing tonight. We are not talking about Violent Night, nor are we talking about Christmas Bloody Christmas. However, we are doing our own little Christmas episode here. So sorry to the listeners that were really eagerly anticipating us talking about Psycho. Uh, That is the plan, and we will get back to that probably in the next week or so. But um, given the fact that, you know, as at the time of recording this, we are about four days away from Christmas the episode by the time it goes up will be kind of the, the Christmas episode. So I, I feel like it's my duty to, you know, indoctrinate you into the, you know, seminal iconic horror films. And this is probably the only real time that I'm going to have to do a Christmas episode until next year. So couldn't pass, pass up the opportunity. Woo. Christmas special. No, I'm super so. excited. But uh, what, what are we going to watch tonight, actually? So I, I, I debated a lot because there are a lot of Christmas horror movies and, you know, they, they kind of run the gamut of quality and entertainment value. I think there are several that are plenty of fun, more from the cheesy, campy, uh, might I say shitty uh, category. But <laughs> um, there there's also some some very good ones, too. And I, and I think that trying to narrow it down and find the one that's not only solidly Christmas, but also just kind of a horror classic. Uh, I I was left with really two that I was debating between, and I think you've seen one of them. So that left me with the other. 
Um, you have seen Krampus, have you not? I believe I have, although it's it's probably been a while. I've seen two Christmas horror movies. I think it was Krampus, and I think I saw this other one where, again, this is a show where we spoil movies, but essentially it was a Russian movie, and the children got abducted by the Santa Claus, and he turned all the other people into Santa Claus monsters. Modern or older movie? Newish, I think. It was ridiculous. If if that doesn't ring a bell, I'll, I'll find it and forward it to you. That's the only thing I could think that that is, and I don't remember that being the exact plot, but was it Rare Exports? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. I'm I'm surprised you saw Rare Exports, but yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it was it was it was hilarious and creepy. Yeah, I call it the uh, Santa Claus origin story. <laughs> that's that's kind of true, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. That's where mall Santas come from. <laughs> that's a Christmas miracle. Um, so yeah, since we are not doing Krampus, instead the other option, which I think was just a no-brainer, is the 1974 classic Black Christmas. Not to be confused with the other Black Christmas. Uh, hell, I dislike that movie so much I don't even remember what year it came out. Um, I've got IMDb open here. Let me see. Two, 2006. <laughs> it was remade. Um, remade almost in name only the theme is kind of the same but yeah it's pretty bad i don't recommend it but okay cannot say the same thing for 1974 black christmas this is this is a gem it's a classic um i again will reserve some judgment and i'll I'll let you say you what you think because i think that it could be an example of one that maybe lives higher in our memories than it actually deserves. I don't know. I think it's people tend to grasp at Christmas horror movies because for a long time there haven't been tons of good ones. Um, And this is kind of the one that a lot of people point to as if you're going to watch one, watch this one. And it also was kind of the, one of those really early examples of a slasher Um, doesn't, 100% 100% fit the, the the template, at least not the way we know it from the 80s slasher movies. But I definitely think that, you know, slasher movies would not exist as we know them if it weren't for this film. So people hold this in pretty high regard. I'm kind of interested to see what you think, whether it deserves that or not. Cool. Um, yeah, there's there's some familiar faces you'll probably recognize in this. Uh, Margot Kidder is one of the leads. She played uh, Lois Lane in the old Superman movies. Um, oh, okay. And John Saxon is in here, who was um, Nancy's dad from Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, he's in a ton of stuff. He's a living legend. John Saxon's amazing. So cool. You'll recognize him. Uh, Olivia Hussey's in here. She's a known name, but I can't say that she's terribly recognizable. Uh, I don't think there's too many other people that you would probably know but yeah definitely not going to spoil anything about the plot i think it's got a couple of twists to it there's some predictable things but uh, yeah overall it's it's pretty fun um is this one you've ever heard of before no i don't think so i've 
I've never heard of this one. I think I only recently discovered Christmas horror movies like a couple of years ago. Krampus was, I think, was one of the first ones I saw. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. I'm super down for campy Christmas horror movies. Yeah, and Christmas is one of the the holidays that really got probably the most attention in terms of horror, which makes sense. I think it gets the most attention in terms of most things. But, um, hmm. you know, there was there was a whole slate of, of these that came out, especially in the 90s, when the, the trend was, let's take any holiday and make a movie about it. And, you know, we had New Year's oh. movies, we had birthday movies, we had April Fool's Day movies, we had everything. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of Christmases. So that's not too surprising that there were several of these. And a lot of times it's also more of a, uh, here's a movie set at Christmas time, more so than it is an actual Christmas themed movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Krampus was, was great because it was 100% Christmas, you know, beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. That was a wild ride. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Although to be honest, I don't remember too much about it other than being totally blown away and surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. The, the director of that one is um, same guy who did trick or treat, which I don't oh, know. If, I don't think, I don't know if we've watched that yet. I, we definitely haven't for this show, but I don't remember. I don't remember if you had said you had seen that one, but uh, yeah, those two movies are both fantastic. They're just amazing holiday films. I'm waiting for the director to pick another holiday and make a horror movie about it because they're all fantastic. I watch them all. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, speaking of directors, the one really fun little trivia a bit about this movie is directed by Bob Clark. Um, is that a name that rings a bell to you at all? No, I never figure out names, though. I barely even know celebrities. <laughs> Are you a big Christmas movie fan, like non-horror? Um, you know, what is it? Was it that Ferris Bueller's Christmas? No, Christmas Vacation. What is it? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's one of my favorites. Christmas Story, I guess. I, I, li- or I liked a lot. Uh, but I guess other than that, not so die hard. I, I sort of consider a Christmas movie. Sure. Sure. So you mentioned a Christmas story mm-hmm. with little Ralphie and, and all that. Yeah. And he gets his eyes shot out. Yep. That was also directed by Bob Clark. What? Really? Yep. That movie and black Christmas, same director. <laughs> okay, cool. So they're about 10 years apart because Black Christmas was 74 and uh, Christmas Story was 83. So nine years after making this, he came along and made Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. Very so, neat. So yeah, tuck that in the back of your brain as you're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite a turnaround, right? Cool. So, all right. Well, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. So I would say if um don't have anything else to, that you want to throw in there, we'll pause this yeah. and jump into the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll go grab some eggnog and some popcorn. All right. And we'll be back in just a minute to give our fresh thoughts on Black Christmas. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So would you say it's similar to um, A Christmas Story? Are you recording, Scott? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's that similar. That movie was, that was fantastic. It was a fantastic movie. Unbelievable. I haven't seen a slasher movie that good in a long time, I guess. What, what did you like so much about it? It uh, it totally duped me. So, uh, uh-huh. all right, r- r- real quick, just in case somebody's new to um, to our show, we will be spoiling everything from this point forward. So, kind of goes without saying for every episode, but I think in this case, because there are some pretty heavy spoilers here, you're you're warned. We are going to talk about the rest of Black Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess to start off, I I can't believe I missed out on this movie for so long. Holy crap. It was great. Fantastic. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me too much that it flew under the radar because it's... I, I mean, I'd say it's a little bit of a deep cut for horror fans. Like, if if you know horror, then you know Black Christmas, but... I don't think it's one that non-horror fans have probably even heard of. Um, more more likely, they've heard of the remake, which I remember when it came out. I want to say like the rent, like it it was straight to video, as I recall. But even the rental was like a blockbuster exclusive. So there was a year uh, around Christmas time where when you went to Blockbuster, there was just dozens and dozens of copies of the remake. So like that, the poster and the artwork of the remake are, are very well known. Um, hmm. But it's a shame because it's not a good movie. But um, yeah, I, I don't know that outside of horror, anybody really knows Black Christmas. Um, it was also one that up until fairly recently was pretty hard to get a hold of. Uh, we just watched it on Shudder, which is where it's streaming now. but I remember for the last several years trying to find a copy and Blu-rays are pretty rare. Um, I I guess I don't know what the Amazon price is currently, but I used to look for ones for a copy when I'd go to like used movie stores. And I feel like the the two, one or two times that I've actually seen Black Christmas on Blu-ray, it was like pushing 20, 30 bucks. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I guess, well, I mean, if it's not out there so much, but why, I don't, I can't quite see why this wouldn't still sort of be out there. It's like, like that movie was, it had a lot of really good stuff in it. Like I thought, one, I thought it was filmed and paced really well. You know, it, 
kind of kept you wondering what was going to happen next, like the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a lot of really good shots. Like, I think one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, there's the the eye through the the crack in the door. That was horrific, and uh, that was really cool. And then, but there's, I mean, it was filmed really well. Um, like the scene where the detective, who I think did a great job, by the way, um, he goes into the church and you just see him totally illuminated by light in the doorway. And then he turns the lights on and you see that the piano has been destroyed. And God, I was so sure, so sure <laughs> it was the broken pianist. Um Oh, yeah. What was his name? Peter, I think. Peter, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And and they they pushed that so hard in the uh, in the movie. Like, I I thought they gave it away super early because, you know, the pianist, he's like playing some sort of I don't know a ton about piano, but, you know, you see him do his defense. Right. And he's like botched it. But he's playing this really hard sort of almost like a harmonic piece it's like kind of like a horror piece like things are falling apart which is funny because he's playing it for his defense and um and then at the end he opens the piano and he like starts trashing it because you know he's failed um but there's actually like a whole type of like i guess it's not classical piano but there's a whole like serious piano where what you try and do is you actually place objects inside the piano and it changes the sound and so you can sort of like you can actually play the piano strings with your hand for instance and they put that in the background of this movie the whole time as soon as he destroys the piano i was like oh it's him because every time the killer comes on they play the piano strings being like screwed up in the background and then it wasn't him i couldn't believe it yeah, that's that's an interesting observation, and I was surprised when you brought that up because I've never noticed that. I've never called no. that it's the same musical beat. Um, I, I think it's very obvious that they're trying to lead you to think that it's him. Yeah, and, you know, he's the only male figure in the movie that has any sort of a, um, a, I, I guess, motive. Um, it's it's loose, but I mean they they do throw things in there, you know, about his his girlfriend's pregnant, she wants an abortion, he obviously doesn't, and you know threatens her and tells her she's going to be sorry. And a lot of times, like when I see scenes like that in a slasher, it's like that's too on the nose or too obvious. Yeah. Like often, if if it's if it's well written, then the person they're that actually is the killer doesn't have any very, very obvious hints like that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there were things like that or that the lieutenant starts suspecting him, it's like they're gearing that way. So if they didn't want this to be a mystery, fine, then yep, he's your killer. And we just didn't know it right at first. Now we do. It's not supposed to really be a surprise. So sure. I, I get, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to play it as a mystery, then yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was way too obvious. Yeah, and that's what I thought it was. I thought, you know, it's like an older slasher flick, right? So I, th- I thought it was just a little obvious, right? And I thought, I thought that with the piano in the background and 
after she had a conversation with him, the killer put the the baby on the I forgot her name, the Claire in the rocking chair. Mm-hmm. And um and I thought because they showed the guy like really losing his shit and like being violent with um the piano. I thought for sure it was him. But then it turns out that there's just some random horrible creep in the attic and he can hear everybody. Oh, it was horrific. Yep. <laughs> it was so creepy. Good old Billy. Um, the, I think there's, there's two things about this movie to me that are fantastic. And one of them is the idea of Billy. And what this movie does is similar to what like, you know, the Halloween franchise does later. It's not, it's not exactly the same parallel, but the idea that in this movie, we don't know anything about Billy. Like there's no backstory there at all. Yeah. Um, when you if or if you watch the remake, which, again, I don't recommend, they tried giving a lot more backstory to who he was. And as I recall, like he used he grew up in that house before it was a sorority house and then came home because, well, he's crazy. And so it was very much stealing the Halloween idea, you know, the night he came home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And. So, yeah, he was returning to his old childhood home, but he's now psycho and crazy and is killing the people that live there. But in this one, (laughs) what's that? I hate it when they like when movies try to over explain things. Yeah. And I mean, there it can be done well. And I I think that that by itself is perfectly fine. Like, I I have Mm -hmm. no problem with that explanation if that is what the intention is. But I think that also what works really well is just not knowing shit like yeah literally he could be somebody totally random off the street he could be a character that we knew and you just don't know it because the only real reveal that we ever get of him is you know his eye through the door and then when he's um stabbing margot kidder with the glass unicorn he's kind of silhouetted and you can see some light on his face but not much yeah so you know he you could play it off as he could be, you know, lots of people that were potentially in the movie that we just didn't get the the details of. But yeah, I like that. There's no motivation. There's no motive. There's no explanation for why he's doing what he's doing. It's just, this is some stuff that's started to happen one night and it sucks for these girls. Yeah, man. And I wonder actually, Scott, do you know if uh, Peter played the killer? So it was the same actor. Because one of the things I noticed is that they had, well, I guess it was the 70s, so all the guys had kind of similar similar hair. Um, but I noticed that he had green eyes, like that door scene. He had green eyes and like the red on top. And I thought that was such a cool idea because it was like, he had the same color eyes, I thought, as as Peter. But then there was like red overlaid on top of them, like Peter had changed or something. It was just... It was super weird and creepy. And I thought that the killer was also wearing like a green sweater or something. So I just wonder. Uh, Let's see. I don't even know if Billy is credited. Um, Peter was played by Keir Dulia. Um, At least in the top cast on IMDb, there is no credit for 
for Billy. So, or like the killer. There's no, <laughs> like we uh, don't, we still don't know. No. Wow, that is such a dick move. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Like I said, at least not there. Oh, let me dig a little bit deeper here. Um, who's the director again? Billy. Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Good job, Bob Clark. Peter Barb, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> Laughing Detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless he's got a different name on here that I don't know. Oh, Billy Uncredited um, was Albert J. Dunk. Oh, totally random person. Um, like al- although Bob Clark did do the um, Prowler Shadow and the phone voice. That was Bob Clark on the phone? He he was one of them. There was also uh, somebody else who did part of it too. But yeah, he was one of the phone voices. Oh, wow. Creepy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I will never watch A Christmas Story the same way again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Man. and then what, what gets even more fun is... Um, so Christmas Story was 83, but in 81, Bob Clark also directed Porky's. Have you ever seen that one? No. Oh, it's a, a comedy, you know, 80s comedy, but it's semi, you know, raunchy, perverted. There's, you know, it's about a group of um, high school guys who are basically trying to get laid. But um, it's, 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 yeah, it's very <laughs> sophomoric in terms of its its humor, but it's it's kind of a classic but it's just one of those where when people realize that the same guy who did Christmas Story, this wholesome family movie that is run on TBS for 24 hours straight on Christmas every year, is the yeah. same guy who did Porky's. It's just like, wait, the fuck? Like, you know? Interesting. He was, I guess he had a, a wide range. That is so uh, cool. Yeah. Well, and he even made a joke one time. I've heard somebody say that he was quoted as, being asked like how can how can you do porkies and then two years later do a christmas story like he's like well i don't really see it as that big of a jump like to me the kids in the christmas story grew up to be the guys from porkies so (laughs) oh my god oh don't, don't quote me on that i don't know that that's accurate but that's at least the story or anecdote that i've heard Wow. Okay, so I have to see this movie now. I'm going to watch all three in a row. Oh, yeah, Porky's is great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the other thing that I think is my one of my favorite parts about this whole movie, and it's, it's why Black Christmas stands out to me, is that just kick in the teeth moment when you realize that this whole movie, these girls, these cops, they're all looking for this girl who's murdered. Um, I think for most of the film, she's the only one that they are convinced is actually missing mm-hmm. because we see other people die. We see the the house mother die. We know that. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Barb. Yeah. You know, Barb was killed. We see a couple other deaths, but the rest of the cast doesn't. Yeah. Except for the the, the main girl, uh, we know that or should they know that she's dead or missing at least. But Claire, I think, yeah, Claire, yeah, we Up see her. Attic. Yep, 
and she's right there in the window the whole damn movie with a freaking candle lit in yep. the window yep and that scene at the end when they show that billy's still alive he's still in the house nothing's resolved yeah and but they zoom out and show that she's been sitting right there the whole damn time and the whole damn time all and they had to do was look up 20 feet away from him there she is yeah oh the ending scene i was like pulling out my hair i <laughs> i mean ah it was so good the cops on the porch the phones ringing and it's just like a cold, dark winter night. Well, Ugh. that's because they just left the one girl in the house alone, unconscious in bed with the killer. With Billy. Ugh. You know, I think one of the other things about this movie is it was... I feel like, I mean, there weren't anything... The killer didn't really do anything special. He just, like crept around and hid in the attic mm-hmm. and he's you know no motivation as far as we know i think that just made it like you know there wasn't anything really supernatural about it i guess other than maybe the voices but it's like that could be like your neighbor right like do you have an attic have you checked there lately <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean i've i've been in my attic i've lived in this house for eight years i've probably been in that attic less than eight times Oh, my God. It's just so awfully plausible, I guess. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. 100% plausible. Oh, and my God. It's Christmas people distracted. You know? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. I had a friend. She uh, she got these mites in her house. And they started, they're like biting mites. And after looking and looking and looking, they hired a pest control the pest guy discovers that there's a crawl space totally open to the world uh, that goes right under her floor. Like for throughout her whole apartment, there's just, you can crawl under her floor from outside. Like anyone could go in there. That's a, that's a good thing to have uh, in your house. Isn't that, isn't that horrific? Right? Yeah. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, and I mean, going back to what you were saying about the plausibility of this movie, like you're you're absolutely right, and it's it's plausible because Billy is just a guy. Um, he doesn't have a motivation or motive. He just came to the house one day and started doing this, just hanging out in the attic. Uh, other than he's going to need food of some sort, I I don't know how he's feeding himself, or you know. Using the bathroom or anything like that, but Two corpses. <laughs> um, but also, it it Ugh. kind of is one of the first examples of the whole the phone call is coming from within the house. Like this, is something yeah. that's you know kind of cliched today from being a kid telling ghost stories and that kind of thing. But when this was one of the first examples of that, like yeah, that's that's horrifying. Um, mm-hmm. Because once again, it's it's that invasion of privacy. It's the, you know, breaking your sanctuary of what is supposed to be safe. Yeah. You know, another good thing, another thing this movie I thought did really well. And I mean, I guess a lot of movies, a lot of the really good horror movies do this well. 
it's the it had all these really tense scenes where you're like come on come on come on come on or no 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 right i think you know the most memorable one i think is probably you know when the police officer calls her and says go outside don't ask any questions just go outside and she's like let me go get my friends <laughs> and he's like no no just go outside and finally he tells her the killer's in the house go outside and then she doesn't go outside she goes upstairs and i'm like i was literally losing my shit i'm watching this like on a laptop i was shaking my laptop i, I was muted so you didn't hear me but i was so losing my shit when that happened and yeah and that's that's an example of people just being stupid in movies like uh, i understand being connected and feeling loyalty to your friends you you want to save them yeah. I, I i don't know how close she was with these girls whether she would have actually done that or not but if she's been that terrified by this the whole time like i don't know i i think that's kind of one of those that that was a stupid decision <laughs> like just get out <laughs> yeah that was ridiculous i think i mean it was a little a little unbelievable i think that scene but it it's still had the effect of like making me lose my shit. I lost my shit a couple points in this movie. That was one of them. I think the other one was the last scene when they start rolling the credits. I just, I lost my shit. <laughs> I think I said something like, okay, start recording. Cause I'm going to explode. Right. And, yeah. um, but then they had other scenes too, like the, the tracing the calls. You never see that in movies, right? Like, what do you mean tracing it? And it turns out there's this guy in a room and he's like following the wires and running down and trying to figure out which switch box is moving while listening to the calls. Right. And I, I thought that was so tense because you're like, go, go, go. Why are you walking? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a really cool thing to see. I'd never seen that in a movie before. Yeah. That scene sticks out, you know, mostly just because the, the technology of it is intriguing to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think for me going back and rewatching this as a person who's seen it, you know, several times, it, I have to say that it's, it's one of those movies that really I'm watching for that last shot because yeah. the, the tension and the suspense, I'm not going to say it doesn't hold up. It, it does, but I mean, I know who the killer is. I know who's going to die. I know who's not going to die. I know the order that people die. Like there's, there are slashers that you can rewatch over and over. And then there's others that don't really work that well. Mm. And it depends on how fun the kills are or how engaging, you know, that kind of part is. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's the engaging kills you know that are fun to watch the roller coaster ride type movies then there are the slashers that are more the the tense um suspense mystery you know who is it kind of thing and mm -hmm. this is the latter right therefore it's hard to rewatch like i do find myself getting kind of bored on on a rewatch of it but that final shot just still gives you chills and yeah. or at least it does me no, and chills that's that's one of those things that I'm personally a big fan of in movies. And I think you'll probably see this as we pick different films to watch that like 
I love the ending stinger that that kind of moment that makes you go, oh, shit, like and the whole time you didn't see it coming. And I'm Mm -hmm. willing to sit through an hour and a half of somewhat kind of boring build up just to get that one like gut punch moment. Hmm. Yeah, this movie really had a gut punch moment. Uh, Yeah, it was great. Really, really enjoyed this one, I think. So. Well, I mean, did it did it put you in the Christmas spirit? Are are you ready to go open some presents and maybe cuddle up with a warm blanket in the attic in front of the window and <laughs> sing Christmas carols? My mannequin in the rocking chair. <laughs> oh God, what a creepy yeah. Christmas decoration that would be, right? <laughs> <laughs> There'd be one person in your town who would get that reference. That's it. <laughs> And you don't want to be friends with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. His name would be Billy. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, definitely Christmas spirit, I guess. I want to go watch Krampus. It's been a while. So I I take it from everything that you're saying. You're you're a fan. You you would recommend people still check this out. Would recommend. I I thought this movie was great. I uh, I liked that I couldn't really... like. I think you could predict that people were going to die, sort of. But, man, it, it it really got me at the end. Loved it. All right, good stuff. Well, I, I feel like that's a good way to kind of wrap up our, our Christmas episode. I'm, I'm thrilled that you liked it. I, I got a kick out of it again, too. Um, I would assume that we'll be back in, in a week for our, you know, kind yep. of getting back to our regularly scheduled uh, films. But, um I don't know. I don't really have anything more to say about Black Christmas. So I would say if you're um, so inclined, go check out Midnight Drive-In. Uh, like I said, their their newest Christmas episode is an opportunity to get just a little bit more Brian and a little bit more Scott for your holiday pleasure. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, like, yeah, check us out. We're still on social media. So on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us. Uh, jump into some conversations and uh, get the episodes a little bit or, or find out what we're doing next week before, you know, other people do and uh, download some old episodes. Um, yeah, we're, we're out there. You know how you, you know how the internet works by now. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I have really anything else to uh, add. So um, any last minute parting comments or Brian? Oh, there were puns in this movie too. The pianist was high strung. Claire was all wrapped up. I, I should stop. You yes, can cut you should. That part, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, until next time we meet, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Brian. And just remember if there's creepy calls, they're always coming from inside of the house. Mm-hmm.